The following content is from Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a gospel-driven high-adventure camp in western North Carolina. Go to swoutfitters.com to learn more about our camps and conferences. Enjoy the message. Amen. All right, y'all take your Bibles if you've got a Bible. Uh, if not, it'll be on the screen. And we're only going to read like half of a sentence, not even half of a sentence, just part of a sentence from 1 Peter chapter 1. What I want to do tonight is just... I want us to get an introduction to Peter. We're going to be studying Peter, uh, Peter's writings, the Lord's writings through Peter this whole weekend. Um, any baseball players in the room? We got any baseball players? Quite a few. There's always a lot of baseball players. I try to play baseball, man. I was so bad at it. The reason I was bad at it is because they throw the ball so fast, and then you have to hit it, and I was just really bad at it. And what made me so bad at baseball was that I was inconsistent, inconsistent. I can remember that if I could, if I could actually make contact with the ball, you know, it'd go pretty far, I'd, you know, I'd, it, it'd work out okay. But usually I wouldn't make good contact with the ball, so it was inconsistency. And I've learned in my life, inconsistency will make you lose your mind. If, if people are inconsistent and you think about it, I don't want to get into like anything that's like, distracting going into this weekend but if you think about the inconsistency with what we've been instructed to do in the way we live our lives over the last two years like do this no don't do that no do this no. and I'm not saying what's what I'm just saying like just tell me what I'm supposed to do give me the rules to follow let me roll with that and I'll work it out you know what I mean but when people are just inconsistent and and one of the things that I struggle with in my Christian life it's the same thing I struggle with in baseball, but it's way worse, and it's that I'm inconsistent. Inconsistent. Man, I want to be, be solid, you know? I want to be faithful. I want to do what I'm supposed to do, when I'm supposed to do it. But it seems like I got these, th- there's, there's a line in a song that's really popular over the last year or so, and, and it talks about highs and lows. Highs and lows. And in the Christian life, you're going to have highs and lows. And I want to encourage you with a couple thoughts before we dive into this. One is... Um, I want you to know that if you're in Christ, if you're a Christian, it's because of a work that he is doing, not because of a work that you're doing. Uh, Paul wrote to the Philippians and he said that he who has began a good work or begun a good work in you, he'll be the one that's faithful to complete it. So Jesus is the one that starts the work. Jesus is the one that completes it. There's uh, one of my favorite preachers, pastors, teachers to listen to is this cat named Alistair Begg. He's got a Scottish accent, so that just makes it even cooler, you know. But he's a really good Bible teacher. I just, I, I like him. Um, somebody might come up afterwards and be like, that guy said, I don't know, I ain't hear him say nothing. It wasn't biblical. Uh, so I just, he, I like listening to him. He does, he does he's got this, this uh, bit that has gone like viral where he's talking about what it takes to get into heaven. Like if somebody walks up to you and says, hey, man, do you know you're do you know you're going to go to heaven or, or like why why do you think you're going to heaven or why do you think you're good with God if you that like if you start your answer with because I then you're you're already on the wrong foot so if you said because now listen to me y'all because I said a prayer because I go to youth group because I went to church because I've been a Christian all my life but if you start it with because Jesus come on because Jesus paid for my sin because Jesus 
wash me in his blood because Jesus gave me his spirit empowers me walks with me because Jesus there's a there's a passage in Ephesians 2 where where it talks about the sinfulness of human beings and then it, and, and Paul's right and then he says but God being rich in mercy because of the great love that he has for me provides salvation for me so the answer to your relationship with Jesus your assurance of salvation is because of what Jesus has done Y'all with me? Not because you're a good kid or you went to church. Now, I want this weekend to be about you growing more confident in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And this is one of the things that Peter is going to teach us because over the course of his life, man, that dude was up and down, up and down, highs and lows, up and down. He would do so. Let me just, let me just, and, and at the beginning of his letter, he says, Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's as far as we're going tonight. An apostle of Jesus Christ. What is an apostle? An apostle is someone who was an eyewitness to the resurrection of Jesus. An apostle is someone who sat under the direct teaching of Jesus or one of his core disciples. So to be an apostle, like not just anybody could be an apostle. It's like, it's like saying, I was there and I saw it. I was there and I witnessed it. I saw, and what's so important about this, and he's going to talk about it. We'll get into it in the morning in our next session. A few verses later, he talks about the resurrection. The reason that's so important, everything you believe as a Christian, listen to me, look at me. Every single thing you believe as a human rises and falls on what you view or believe about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because if he did what he said he was going to do, what we believe that he did, and he was crucified, murdered on a, on a Roman cross, buried, put in the ground, left to decay under the weight of sin, experienced the wrath of God being poured out on him. Why did he die on the cross if he's innocent and it's, and it's an injustice to kill him? He died in our place. It's called a substitutionary death. So, so Peter saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead. So he's an apostle. Everybody say apostle. Apostle. You're driving through Atlanta. You see on a big billboard some local church, and it's like the apostle so-and-so is the pastor. That's not the same thing. That's different. That's some, I don't know what that is, but it's not this. Eyewitness to the resurrection. That's critical because in the highs and lows of Peter's life, what happened was Peter started to get some traction and get it right after the resurrection. After he saw Jesus crucified, then he saw Jesus raised back to life. Well, guess what? We get to start our Christian life out after the resurrection. We don't, we, like, like we know the end of that story. So if you go back in Peter's life, let me just walk you through a few high points in Peter's life and a few low points. First, let's talk about Peter's conversion. Let's talk about Peter's upbringing. Peter was raised in a super religious household. Some of you raised in religious homes. Some of you not. There's a, there's a, um, a young man. He's not here tonight, so I'll, I'll bring this up. He lives with us, recently come into our home, lives with us, 11 years old. Don't know a thing about Jesus. Growing up in the Bible Belt. Well, he's been with us four months now, so he knows some stuff now. He's learning. 
Got him some cool books. Got the Jesus Storybook Bible. Some other really cool books. That, that kid book, that kid Bible by Kevin DeYoung. Like walking through the stuff, and he's learning, and he's experiencing, you know, who Jesus is. But some of you, you grew up like that. You don't know who Jesus is, so you're like, I don't know. I just, I just heard we were going to go on a youth retreat, and that's cool. I'm glad you're here. You're going to get to learn a little bit about Jesus this weekend. But some of us grew up in church. Y'all grew up, I, was so, I grew up so much in church, man. I lived beside the church, legit, lived beside the church. It's a country church. Lived beside the church on snow days. On snow days, me and my brother would sneak into the church. I don't think I, I ever told our staff this. We'd sneak into the church. Sneak into the church. There's got to be like an extra demerit against, like of sin against you for that. I don't know. We sneak into the church. It was a Baptist church. The beautiful thing about Baptist churches, and I'm a Baptist dude now, so I like I, it's fine. They they all about baptizing people aggressively and largely. You know what I'm saying? So big water tank in that dude. Like they had, and so it, they had a choir loft. Some of y'all your churches like the choir loft, big water tank. Me and my brother figured out on snow days, we go in there and fill that water tank up. Well, we did it one time. We went in there and filled that water tank up, and we were straight. We were running and jumping and splashing and having a big time, and we got caught by Charlie Ray. He was the janitor of that church. And back in the 70s and 80s, anybody could whoop your butt, and your mama didn't care. It wasn't like, y'all soft today. Your teacher raised her voice at you. Your mama be like, don't you talk to my son like that. That's my baby. My mama be like, hit him again. That's all you got? You wait till he gets home. All you do is tickling him. I'm going to hit him. His daddy's going to hit him. Like Charlie Ray wore us out uh, and then kicked us out of the church. We had to walk home, you know, wet and cold in the snow. And so I grew up beside the church. I was at church all the time, man, all the time. I didn't miss a vacation Bible school. I didn't miss, just always at church. You know how old I was when I became a Christ follower? I was 20 years old. So you can, now I don't want to try to get you to doubt your salvation. That's not what I'm about. Because the scripture says, these things I've written so you can know. I want you to be sure and know. But I'm just saying, Peter grew up like that. I can relate to Peter. Some of you can relate to that. You've been in church all your life, but you didn't start following Christ until maybe you were 12 or 14 or 16, whatever. Peter grew up, man. He grew up in the Jewish faith. And he knew a lot of scripture. Peter was also, he my kind of people, because Peter was like, he wasn't, he wasn't perceived as like a real smart cat, like a real smart dude, because there's just one point later in his life where he's preaching, and they're like, how's this dude preaching and sounding smart? He's dumb. Like literally the transformation that God's working in his life, people are seeing it. So he grew up in church. Man, when he got, he was, in a, he was a, a commercial fisherman. I've had the opportunity to travel a lot of places in the world, a lot of, and most of, 99% of my global travel has been to third world places, really rough places, through things that we do here at Snowbird and in other countries. And I've, I've been to a lot of these little fishing villages and communities. I've been to several in India, several in, uh, in the islands, uh, in the Caribbean, several in South America, um, Africa, on Lake Victoria. And what happens is these little fishing communities, I mean, those guys are just eking out a living trying to catch fish. That was Peter, man. He was rough. He's blue collar. And when Jesus came, let me read you uh, his conversion in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 is when he meets Jesus. And I don't know what it's like when you met Jesus, but when I met Jesus, um, it, it wasn't really like this because I was already 
like aware of who Jesus was. But Peter, it's kind of a cool conversion moment. Uh, Luke 5, verse 3. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. Simon is Peter. So when you read about Simon, it's Simon Peter. He had, a, he had you know, we do that. We have different names. We have multiple names, first name, last name, or they would have sometimes a name in two different languages because this was a, a trilingual culture. That means people spoke three different languages there, you see. So, he had, so Simon, that's talking about Peter. Jesus got into his boat, and he, gets, he, 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 uh, he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So he gets in the boat, and he goes out on the water. He starts preaching and teaching. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, Simon answered, Master, we told all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. It's a big moment because this is like, you can't, Peter's a professional fisherman, and what did Jesus do for a living? He was a construction worker, right? You ever heard that? He's a carpenter. He's a construction worker. So I think, I wonder if Peter, I mean, I just wonder if Peter's like, because uh, he kind of says, man, look, we fished, we know how to fish. We fished all night. You fish at night here, and it's hot part of the day. We got a guy. There's a guy on our staff, um, and he was a he's, he raced in the NASCAR um, world for for several years, for quite a while. Very successful, raced in the Daytona 500. Some of you are like, I don't know what that is. I don't care. Some of you, y'all know what I'm talking about Daytona 500. Anybody know what that is? That's legit. Like that's that's big time. He raced in that. He raced in the Truck Series. He raced in what was called the Bush Series back then. Now they got different names for it. But he was like hardcore dude knows some stuff about cars and 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 one of our guys recently and he didn't mean to do it but he was like hank our, my buddy who works here who was a nascar a stock car driver he's he's changing a wheel a tire out on his i think on his daughter's vehicle so you think that guy's probably changed some wheels and tires in his day you know what i'm saying and the guy's like hey man you're doing that wrong Hank's like, uh, uh I've, I mean, I've done, I've done this a few times, you know, like, like Peter, Jesus is like, Peter, you're doing that wrong. He's like, man, I've been fishing. Like my granddaddy was fishing. His granddaddy was fishing. I know how to catch fish, you know, like, but he's like, I don't, but he does what Jesus tells him. And it's crazy what happens because, so what Jesus, you see what Jesus is telling him. He's like, Hey man, I know you've been fishing all night. Instead, I want you to fish some more and do it this way. And he's like, and he tells him what to do. And so then Peter's like, okay, well, okay, I'll, I'll obey you. When they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. I always like to think Luke is the one writing this. This is in the gospel of Luke. Luke's like a really intelligent doctor. It's funny. You can tell that a redneck fisherman didn't write verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish. That ain't the way fishermen talk. They're like, dude, that sucker was huge, you know. Like, it was a hog, man. That thing was this big. It wasn't. It was like this big. But it was this big, you know what I'm saying? So they signaled their partners in the other boat, come and help them. They came, filled the boats. Now, jump down, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his, on his knees, at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. There's, like, like critical component to the, the legitimate conversion is recognizing that you need Jesus recognizing that he is what you are not and only he can provide salvation and also recognizing his holiness his separation from sin that jesus is different in that he's not a sinful dude 
For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch. And it's really cool. Verse 11, when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So Peter got this crazy, crazy, crazy conversion story. So then he starts to follow Jesus, hanging out with Jesus, sitting around, I don't know, sit around the fire at night, I don't know, eat, you know, fish and go fishing, catch fish, eat them, cook them over the fire, like, but then sit through the day under the teaching of Jesus, you know, like, imagine you're sitting around and you're like, hey, who's your favorite preacher? Jesus. Uh, but I mean, like, no, Jesus, like, he's the best preacher that ever lived, you know? Peter's just hanging, Peter's just sitting under Jesus' teaching. He's watching Jesus heal people, heal people. He saw Jesus raise dead people. That will make your faith strong, I think, you know? He was there when Lazarus, there's a story where this guy named Lazarus, which is a dope name. Somebody should name their kid Lazarus. Okay, there's this guy named Lazarus. He dies. They bury him. Four days later, Jesus shows up. If you don't know what happens in four days to a decaying body, it is rank, man. It stinks so bad. And, uh, and Peter was there, and Jesus is like, hey, hey, Lazarus, come on, come on, come on. And Lazarus is like, comes walking out of there, man, dude. Peter saw that. Peter saw that. And if you think, man, if I could just see a miracle, if I could just see something spectacular happen, if I could, see, if I could have seen Jesus walk on water, if I could have seen Jesus raise a dead person, if I could, if I, look, Peter saw all of that. And what did Peter do? He denied Jesus. Man, you're, in this world, you are going to have highs and lows as a Christian. You're going to fall flat on your face if you do this thing right. Because if you do it right, if you live, if you pursue Christ all out, you're going to make mistakes, man. But you're not going to be content to settle for the lows. You're not going to be okay with that. But you're going to know that it is Christ in you that's going to bring you through this life. And so Peter, man, I, I like I take a lot from Peter's story because he saw, at one point, Peter saw Jesus reveal himself in a way that he had never revealed himself to anybody else. I'm going to read you another, um, another passage from Peter's life. This is, I think this has got to be like the scariest moment in Peter's life. So Peter's, you know, he told Jesus, he's like, hey, man, I'll go with you to the death. I'm going to be with you to the death. And he's like, okay, you're not. You're not. I, I appreciate, appreciate what you're saying, but you're not. You're going to mess up. In fact, you're going to deny me. In fact, you're going to deny me three times. In fact, you're going to deny me three times tonight, you know, like, like before tomorrow morning. And so we, we read that story. Then they seized Jesus. This is in Luke 22, verse 54. Then they seized Jesus and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man was with him, with Jesus. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I don't know him. So this is a servant girl. One, one of the Gospels records that Peter started swearing and cursing, disassociating himself with Jesus. That's the worst kind of denial. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You're the, you, you also are one of them. And Peter said, Man, I'm not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was one of them. He too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. 
and immediately, while he's speaking, the rooster crowed. Now, this is key verse. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. What an intense moment. Like, like Peter, so Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. In that word, he's saying, I will follow him to the death. I will not deny him. I will die with his name on my lips. I, I saw the resurrected Lord. I'll preach the gospel. I've been faithful, though not perfect. I've had highs and lows, but I will give my all for my Savior. But it's, it's helpful to remember that that's not where Peter always was. Because there's this, think about what's the scariest moment in your life. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I think might be the scariest moment in my life. Maybe. I was at Six Flags. If you've been to Six Flags or Carowinds, or we, I like to ride roller coasters. Y'all like ride, some of you like to ride roller coasters? Love riding roller coasters, like big ones, man. There's one at Carowinds. What's it called? The Fury. Yeah, that dude's sick, man. That is, that's some good stuff now. That's some good stuff. You bring some clean, bring some clean draws, you know, or don't eat beforehand. All right, no, no liquid right beforehand. So, like, we're at Six Flags. They got this ride that goes, I forget what they call it. But you're sitting in a circle around this big, huge pole, and they take you up so many. It's a free fall. It's a free fall. Anybody ever ride one of those? They take you up, right? And you're just dangling, feet dangling. If you're scared of heights, you will stroke out and die on that ride. Like, you will physically be dead when they bring you down. Like, that, your, your heart will explode. Okay, so, like, get up there. We get up there. Dude, dude. So, okay, here we go. I'm like, and, you know, you're kind of just like, you're kind of tense. You kind of do that grunt thing, like tighten everything up, like, and then nothing happened. I'm like, okay, they're messing with us. All right, okay, 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 okay. So then you don't want to pass out from not breathing, right? So take short breaths. But now you can pass out from hyperventilating, which is the same thing as passing out from not breathing, basically. But it's okay if you pass out because you're auto system like like your body will automatically kick into breathing but you want to be conscious when you experience so okay and then so come to find out the ride was broken 20 plus minutes now i thought it was like 45 minutes i asked my wife i was like how long were we hanging up there because to me it was literally days you know what i'm saying like we're and we're just there and like you can see and okay here's when i got nervous when the ambulance showed up, I'm like, oh, why, 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 why they here? They ain't nobody hurt. We good. Why they here? Well, uh, why's another one here? Why is there four rescue squads down there and a fire truck? Why, like everyone's okay. We don't need them here Un unless everyone's not okay. You know, like. What's getting ready to happen? And so we're just hanging up there. Y'all, it was freaky. It was trippy. And finally, eventually got it fixed. And they're like, you know, they, they, they lowered us slowly. I'm like, so you get to experience the ride. Of course, by that, by that time, you know, I'm like out of adrenaline. Didn't matter how slow they brought us down. I'm just like, <gasps> you know, everybody, everybody, people were crying. People were calling their family, telling them goodbye. It was a lady, two people over. She's like, I love you so much, baby. I ain't know. Listen, I yeah, hey, tell my mama I said I love her. And tell Boo I said I love Boo. And she's like, she's going down the list. And you can have, listen, you can have my phone and tell Boo. He can have my watch. Like, I'm like, it's okay. We're going to make it out of here, I think. 
I think, you know. It was freaky, man. And we get down. Like, that was a scary thing. But like, have you ever had a scary moment where it's not physically intense, it's emotionally intense, you know? Like, the news that someone you care about is going to die or has a terminal illness or has passed away. The, the, the news that someone you love and trust has abandoned you. Like, I've been through those things, too. That moment when Peter denies Jesus and then makes eye contact with him, I have tried to put myself in that moment. I can't even imagine. But you know what? I feel like in my life, I've failed enough as a believer that I kind of feel what that's like sometimes. That's why Peter would write. And tomorrow morning, we're going to unpack this. A few verses later, in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. You know what mercy is? Mercy is the goodness of God to those who are in misery or distress. And that night, Peter was in distress. He knew what it was like to mess up, man. He knew what it was like to, to fail miserably. But you know what? He also knew what it was like to faithfully follow the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to the end and lay down his life as a martyr. And I want our lives to be defined not by the lows, but by the trajectory of the highs. You see what I'm saying? You're going to start here as a believer, and you're going to grow in the image of Christ, and you're going to mess up. You're going to grow in the image of Christ, you're going to mess up. You're going to grow, you're going to, but, but the trajectory is upward, and God's ultimate plan is to conform you to the image of Jesus. That's what he's about. That's what he's doing with us. Let me read this in closing. As we dive into the writings of the Apostle Peter this weekend, I want you to remember that Peter failed as often as he succeeded. And listen to me. I'm not, I don't want you to leave here with an excuse to live how you want to. We, want to, we, we fight for obedience. Paul wrote to the Romans and said, what am I saying, that we should sin so that grace can abound and increase? May it never be. But we have an advocate with the Father in Christ Jesus. He had so many highs and lows and most of us can relate to this. We have those times where we feel like we're really walking with the Lord and everything's good and strong, but then there are those times where we fail miserably and realize how far we still have to go to get to where we need to be. To be honest, sometimes you might feel like giving up and not even trying, and other times you may simply not care. In fact, I'm sure that there are many of us here who are maybe in a season of not caring. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you're one of those people who has failed miserably and struggles continuously in your Christian walk. I want us to learn from Peter and be encouraged and strengthened. And one of the big lessons we will learn is that the Christian life will be filled with highs and lows, but we must keep our eyes on Jesus. Get up when we fall down and continue when we are weary and fight for joy and fight for peace. And when you are discouraged or depressed, maybe just most importantly remember that we are saved because of the work Jesus has done, not because of the work you have done. If you could lose your salvation, you would. Peter struggled with one of the oldest Christian struggles and one that many of us probably struggle with as well. Peter often felt like he could be good enough as a Christian in his own strength. And sometimes he took pride in his own righteousness. But when he did this, it usually led to disaster and failure. And at other times, Peter was defeated and discouraged and felt like he was so far from God that he could never get back to him. Let's look 
at the highs and lows, but let's draw on the writings and teachings of this man. Ultimately, what, what turned Peter into a faithful witness and martyr? It was his encounter with and the abiding presence of the risen Lord. After the resurrection of Jesus and his exaltation into heaven, Peter kept his eyes fixed on Jesus. He remembered that even in his own failures and faults, Jesus was still on the throne. Although Peter had let Jesus down, Jesus will never let you down. Peter will go on to challenge us in our walk, as we're going to see this weekend. He will equip us as we study his writings. He will tell us to be vigilant. He will tell us to be ready for a fight, to think clearly, to endure suffering, to look to Jesus, to be kind to one another, to tell others about Jesus, to proclaim the gospel, to love the Word of God, to study the Word of God, to abide in the Word of God as it abides in our hearts and minds, to be built up spiritually, to live as free men and women, for Christ has set us free from sin and the demands of this world and he will challenge us to arm ourselves with the mind of Christ and to make every effort to add to our faith virtue knowledge self-control steadfastness godliness brotherly affection toward one another and to love like Jesus as you live like Jesus fix your eyes on Jesus behold his glory and live for him thanks for listening we hope this has encouraged you in your walk with Christ be sure to give us a rating and review And for more Snowbird content, check out our other podcast, No Sanity Required.